You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. So what, what's your approach now then? Having You said you started off ego lifting and being a, a kind of a bro. You moved in through the kind of IFYM phase. Um, what's your approach to diet and training right now? At the moment, I don't really like weigh anything. So I, I always used to be of the opinion that I would never weigh my food or anything like that. But what got me into actually weighing my food and the if it fits your macros thing was when I tore my bicep tendon and I then knew I wasn't going to be able, I always relied on the fact of just trying to eat um, plenty of protein and eat fairly sensibly and train really, really hard sort of thing. That was as structured as my approach was. And then when I tore my bicep tendon, I kind of thought, well, if I'm not going to be training now, if I don't actually monitor what I eat, there's a good chance I was really terrified I was going to be fat by the time my arm healed. So I then started weighing everything and got into the if it fits your macros thing. And then once I then got used to the amount of food and what that looks like, I now don't really weigh anything other than like, like I weigh the amount of oats I have in the morning just because otherwise it which would come out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I'm not like weighing how many potatoes I eat if I eat potatoes and things like that. I just kind of size it all out. And I just, I guess I go through phases of being a bit more, I've never really bulked. I just go through stages of being a bit more relaxed with my diet. And then I kind of need to have some sort of impending event, like a holiday or something coming up. And then I'll be stricter for a while and just start cutting out desserts and eating very, very healthy during the week, maybe a bit more relaxed at the weekend. And training just kind of looks like I I just vary it a great deal. I was, I was writing down the weights and everything. I was lifting and going for progressive overload all the time. Now I'm quite relaxed about it. If I go in and train chest, one day I'll train barbell incline or flat one day it will be dumbbells literally just what i kind of feel like at the time it's it's quite unstructured now really something i really like about your diet approach very no bullshit very let's not beat around the bush if you are fat it's because you are making the conscious choice to eat too many treats and if you cut those out you'll get a bit leaner and then if you relax things you can grow a bit and so on and it's just like that's really all all there is to it but yeah. we just need the the level of precision required is commensurate with your progress so if you're if you're not making progress you need to up the precision a little bit and then if that plateaus then up it slightly more but you don't need to go balls in with tracking your heart rate variability and your co2 and all this stuff until it's needed i think it's because it, whenever you, whenever we interview anyone who's been training a long time about what they're doing nine times out of ten it comes out at you know not nowhere near as precise and as accurate and as meticulous as you'd expect and i think mm. people people misattribute the progress to that approach and it's actually the result of you know as you say like you're only just now coming out of a phase where you were turning down dates to track your macro like to be more precise with your diet and when chatting to on the bodybuilding side eric helms is is very much like oh, i just kind of go for a weekly calorie goal <laughs> what do you mean Eric and then like Greg Knuckles is like yeah I train sometimes like I'll go to the gym a few times a week like 
Okay, so... Because they've had years of... Years of, of ingraining the habits that are required to make that sort of approach work. And it seems like you're in the same camp. Like, I'm, I'm under no illusion that your calories are not stupid, that there is some, there is some progression in your training. But to yeah. you, it feels really simple compared to what you used to do. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So when I, when I first started, I tried all different types of... That's why I, I think for new people starting out, it's very, very difficult because historically, um, if you listen to anything that old bodybuilders say, I was listening to an interview on um, Tim Ferriss' podcast talking to Schwarzenegger, and uh, I've heard Schwarzenegger talk before about when it first started, how they would all sort of share information because they were sort of finding out how to do it. It was really hard to get your hands on that information. Now, people suffer from the exact opposite. There's so much information out there. I deliberately now don't really um, actively follow anything on fitness um, other than like you guys and a few other friends whose posts I'll look at. I don't really follow much else, genuinely, because unless if I've got a specific problem to solve, I'll go and try and find a solution to it. But otherwise, if you're just immersing yourself in fitness stuff from all different sources from social media, you just end up spinning your wheels because you try one approach, then another approach. And I think pretty much any established training approach will work if you do it consistently. And pretty much any established dietary approach other than like some stupid cabbage soup everyday diet or something like that. But like if you were to do paleo or intermittent fasting or if it fits your macros, any of those, if you applied them sensibly, um, and if you were to do German volume training or, um, you know, HIT training, you know, like Mike Mensah style, any any of those, if you did them properly and consistently over a period of time, would work, wouldn't they? It's it's not really, they're kind of just all different choices to the same end. It's interesting, yeah, absolutely. Like the 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 outer shell is the is the, that's the shiny wrapper but really at the end of the day if it follows the basic principles of calorie balance progressive overload you're probably going to be okay and it's interesting as well you said um that this there's this challenge of overload of information and it's it's good to know as well that we are the only fitness media that you consume um, <laughs> and, and I, I i would agree with that like as no, we, we are the best aren't we? We, well as egotistical as that sounds like of, of course we're of course we're going to think we're the best because we are b because like if if we thought it wasn't then we would have fi filled up that gap with some content to, yeah. to match that so yeah but yeah i i would recommend anyone to pick to follow a, us to, to follow us <laughs> <laughs> <Or> to, <laughs> this is where johnny comes in with the plugs um yeah, to pick a source that you trust and that is impartial and that distills the information down into what you need to do, doesn't overcomplicate it, and is people that you resonate with and enjoy listening to. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, bloody hell, these guys are melts. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, you've got, you've got to make your choice and, and listen to someone who is more fantastic. But um, So another challenge in fitness or in someone who's starting out is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is the um, ability to assess somebody's competence. It's basically, it's the idea that if anyone hasn't heard of the concept, it's when you see someone playing golf and you've never played golf before, you look and you're like, oh, I can't be that hard. It's just swinging a stick around. I could do that. And then you go and try it and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize how little I know because I couldn't appreciate the subtlety in it until I started doing it and learned a little bit about it. 
Mm. Same with like driving, for example. It's only when you start driving that you realize like how shit you actually are. And so that problem means that we can't assess um, competence at the higher levels when we are a beginner because we don't know what we don't know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you were talking about this before. And what would you suggest really for to get over this uh, this conundrum? It is it is difficult. That's why I was saying to you guys before, like you've shied away from it before, but to, to be more boastful and you know post more pictures of your progress and the success you've had with with clients, because otherwise, to um, I know I know Ben Carpenter won't mind me saying this, but um, I chat to Ben Carpenter quite a lot sometimes, and he often talks about the fact that um, you're better. <laughs> You're doing really well, Paul. Like I, I, I'm impressed that you completely ignored that. there. Like the fact that you're better off following someone with more knowledge than just someone that's in in great shape. But I was like having a chat to him about it, and sort of like saying that that's that's true. But to a newcomer coming into it, they don't exactly what you just said. They don't know enough to know whose knowledge is right. So if they see someone there that's in fantastic shape, that tells them that they must have so many grams of branch chain amino acids and HMB and all these other things that most people are fairly confident do nothing whatsoever, then they're gonna follow that because that's what and that, and that person's telling them that they probably believe that and they probably do that. But that they're not even aware themselves that that's not why they're in that shape. That just happens to be something they do. I think um, the, the other problem is that the people who do that, um, especially when they're in what they call Mount Stupid, where a little bit of knowledge is the most dangerous thing, is that they're so confident with their opinions and so sweeping. And whereas actually, if you look at someone who really knows their stuff, you look at like, Speak to someone like Brad Schoenfeld, like one of the, you know, the leading authorities in the research on hypertrophy, for example. You ask him a question, he's very rarely going to give you a like, flat yes or no answer. Mm. He's going to be like, well, it depends on these 300 variables. And actually, there's a lot of restraint in what he's saying. And if you ask any you know, senior doctor on, in their topic, they're not going to just be like, oh, never do that. Or yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, whereas like, you look at some um, InstaFit dingus that knows a little bit and is definitively how many sets how many reps that's what you need to do and that's how you get massive yeah i think that's that's really the the moment where you're you're like you take off start your fit using a flight analogy you start off and everything's really confusing and you listen to the you know people making the categorical claims about do this don't do that and when you come out the clouds on the other side you're like Fucking hell! Like you, you look at all the stuff that people advise, and you're almost like, "How dare you convince me of, of these things?" And like, Are you wasted months or thousands years of, my... of pounds on on believing these things, and I, then I fortunes. Sorry, For... I wasted fortunes on yep. supplements when I first started. One particular supplement, um, so they've almost sort of dropped off the map now. But then the Maxim Muscle were were huge, and Maxim. Cyclone. I read the the, the read up on that and how the dextrose would spike your insulin and make you absorb the creatine, and then the HMB would prevent muscle loss. And these all worked in synergy. And I was that if I ran out and I hadn't my new order of cyclone hadn't come, I, I'd struggle to motivate myself to go to the gym because it seemed absolutely futile I to train. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, what's, what's the <laughs> point in training? Like I had to, yeah. I, I bought cyclone. It was like forty quid, fifty quid. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. for, like for a, a tub that was <laughs> underfilled, uh, unnecessarily underfilled. And I remember the group of people that we trained with at the time, 
one of us had two of us had cycling one of us had pro gain remember pro yeah. gain that was the weight yeah. the weight gain one right. like, oh i don't know about that one mate like this <laughs> that one's men are really make you gain like that was he was really HMB, serious man. about it i'm not growing without the hmb mate. <laughs> I know you think you're making a smart decision, but Cyclone's got creatine in. So, but you look back and you're like, I really believed that at the time. And the people that are pushing that information don't seem either, either they are aware of what they're doing and it's just marketing and they don't care, or they also genuinely believe it. And there are people in the industry, that I would love to just sit down with them and go like, come on, no bullshit aside. Like, do you honestly think? what you're saying is is genuine like i'm not going to name everybody but to use a tim ferris podcast example listening to some of the stuff that charles poliquin's said over the years very sensationalist him yeah and you think like charles like honestly do you really really believe this all of the stuff that you're there, saying there was that thing when he said like i i went to france and i was on the farm and i ate uh what was it? Like I only had grass-fed steak and, and cheese and, and like milled bread and I didn't realise he was Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was Indian. Oh sorry. <laughs> and and he said like he gained four kilos of muscle and lost a couple of kilos of fat over like a one week holiday because of the food quality. Oh yeah, definitely the food quality there must have yeah. been because of the, the grass fed. But you, but you hear it and you you look at the sandwich in your hand and you're like I'm never going to get big eating, eating this stuff. It's very hard like when you first out, and, and, and you can't get through to people once they've been marketed that well. Mm. There's a, a lad I work with, um, and he, he might end up saying this, so hi, Alex. Um, but um, he, he's got like a, a duffel bag full of supplements under his desk at work, and I'm constantly trying to tell him, you know, you, you really none of that stuff in there, your branched-chain amino acids, and stuff like that if you sort of go on don't take my word for it go on examine.com and stuff like that and try and find a human study that demonstrates that <laughs> actually does anything helpful and you won't you won't find one but it doesn't make any difference um like a lad in the gym came up to me not long ago and he said oh i've just bought this new i forget what weight gainer it was and he said to this weight gainer, it's got so many you know, calories of um, worth of carbs in each serving, and so many grams of protein. He said, "What? What do you think?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I, I genuinely." And he said, "Yeah, so I, I wouldn't buy it." And he said, "Well, why? Have you heard it's bad?" I was like, well, "I've not heard of it, to be honest, but it sounds like a very expensive tub of whey protein with some sort of sugar in it. Um, and why would you not just buy cheap whey protein and pour it over a bowl of cereal?" And that's going to be a lot more enjoyable for the amount of carbs and protein you get. Yeah, but the thing is, Paul, like scientific evidence is just scientific evidence, and <laughs> and, and, and and you're you're just a, a, a guy just who, who who exhibits all of the characteristics that that guy wants to achieve. But you know, so obviously, what what do you know? Um, yeah, I I don't blame him. I mean, what science ever taught us? Oh. Not next to nothing. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. 
So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now. Pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. Have you seen that um, interview with Dawkins where someone says to him, but isn't isn't science just another religion, really? I mean, haven't you just got faith in science? How do you know that, basically, you've just got faith in science. How do you know it works? And what I like about Dawkins is how he's always so polite, but he gets this flash of real irritation on his <laughs> <laughs> Irritation is the word. I really got to answer this question. He's like, well, because planes fly. Works. And he just reels off all these things. And at the end, he says, science works, bitches. <laughs> bitches, yes, very... Uh... Very out of character. He must have been watching something on the internet beforehand. Yeah. The ironic thing is that this emergence of like the evidence-based community just going back to the bro thing, is now just, instead of listening to T-Nation, it's people just reciting what Eric Helms said. Mm. And it's like, I'm not saying Eric Helms is, is not basing what he's saying on the evidence, but it's but not evidence-based to just believe somebody else like that. <laughs> That's the same problem, just moving along the <laughs> spectrum. And it's... And by that, I believe one of your notes is that we were talking before about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and a lot mm. of people, they think that... Because a lot of these, no, I don't think it was that. That was the flash of irritation. <laughs> That's going to be the cover, the cover of the book. <laughs> Somebody in Scarborough. That's not going to be anything good, is it? <laughs> yeah. So, so because people now just think a lot of the old school, what they call bro knowledge, some of the old school beliefs aren't true. People then assume that all of it then isn't true, um, and then not people don't really appreciate the difference between something which has yet to be proven and something which has actually been disproven. So just because there isn't a mass of scientific evidence to show that something is definitely true, that's not the same that to say it's disproven. So if people have successfully done that for years and it demonstrably works, the fact that the science isn't there to back it up yet doesn't mean to say that that isn't evidence-based because there is anecdotal evidence isn't irrelevant, is it? If bodybuilders have been doing something for a number of years and they've all done well from it. Well, that, it, the thing is, like that, that is still the evidence base that is available. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it just means that there's not a large pool of evidence available, but it's still evidence-based. So It's the best information, perhaps, on that subject. Yeah, absolutely. We, we still need to experiment. Like We still have to come up with a hypothesis to test in the site. Like, if somebody's saying, I'm trying this, it's creating these kinds of results like, okay, let's test it on large populations. If we always just do what was done 100 years ago, then there'd never be any progression in anything. But the the idea that, you know, everything that Arnie and Franco Colombo did was wrong and that, you yeah. know, past, past the beginning of, of somebody discovering my fitness pal, nobody was ever lean, nobody mm -hmm. ever got in shape. Like, they must have been doing everything incorrectly. 
like they, what they did was still working for them. It doesn't mean that just because there's a slightly more evolved approaches that everything else is, is incorrect. It's unfortunately people struggle with um, people like black and white things, don't they? It's mm. got to like it's got to be one thing or the other. So that's the problem. Like say so like you, you look at clean eating versus if it fits your macros, then probably your best approach is somewhere like bang in the middle of that, isn't it? Where you actually you don't do the clean eating obviously and i'm going to clean eating it means nothing and everyone gets excited if you say clean eating now that's not a real thing but like say so let's say eating whole foods and concentrating on vegetables and single ingredient foods then um if you were to do mainly that but not obsessively and allow yourself treats and make sure you hit your overall you know, macronutrient goals, you know, factoring in as much of the healthy food as possible. That's clearly the best approach. But people have to, and I was guilty of this, and I know you guys did the, your experiment with the taking the piss out of <laughs> your macros diet. Where yeah, you that was fun. That upset a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it hadn't seen a complex carbohydrate in six months. <laughs> it was all, all Haribo, cheesecake and Pringles. Um, but you, people do tend, and I went all that way, you know, to try to prove that, you know, you could just, just eat chocolate and still get in good shape. And people have to go like all one way or all the other way, don't they? It's on most subjects, I think. I think that was us and, and yourself, I imagine, like beating out at years of like it being cemented that those foods are inherently bad. Like there is something magical about the ingredients in Haribo that means that you gain fat. And I can't explain what it is. I just know that there is something about Haribo that means I will not progress. And so for someone to say, actually, it doesn't matter that much. You're like, I don't believe you. I'm going to have to experience this myself, which I, I, I literally shy away from all these discussions about food at, at, at work, because when you work in a place, it's got like a mix of people and you'll have some of the people that have got a bit of an interest in it. And some have none. And you get these conversations come up and they'll I can remember once um, in the canteen, and people ask you, "So, is is this healthy? Then, is this oh. a good thing to eat?" And someone sat there with, with a tub of um, basically mixed nuts and, and raisins. It's always nuts. Uh, this is this is healthy, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> um, "Yes, yeah, so that's all right. Yeah, just try not to get drawn in. Why? What? What? what what's wrong with it?" I was like, "Well, it, it, it's healthy from the point of view. It's you know, it's you know, nutritious, good good fats and vitamins and things like that. But it's very calorie dense." So, so it's bad. Are you oh, saying it's... it feels exactly like you're talking to a journalist and they're trying to goad you for an mm. opinion. They're like looking for a headline. But, but see, are you feeling very tired at the minute? And you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to get drawn into so this. So you did say I... that then. You did say that. Yeah, I I once had a similar thing. Like I used to work in an office, and these sort of conversations, like straw man arguments, come up all the time. Someone having a slim fast bar after their lunch. And like at the time I was like macros and everything. Like I just saw numbers in, in shops and I knew the, the double decker, roughly 250 calories. They were arguing about the slim fast bar in the corner of the room. I was like, I'm just not going to engage in it. Like I'll just sit just, here, just twitching, type away. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody said, oh, it's like, it's great. Cause it's a, it's slim fast. Like it's got ingredients in that help you lose weight. It's like, how many calories has it got in? 275 you'd be better off eating a double decker headphones back on, back on. <laughs> just <laughs> grenade, grenade into the conversation but you, you it's sometimes you, you almost it's it's as you say like it's better to not say anything because as soon oh. as i said that it's then well, what do you mean it's better to have a double decker like, oh. 
and it just it becomes won't... an uphill struggle because yeah. it's hard to help those people because they're so siloed in the way that they think and in the opinions that they have because everyone has an opinion on diet and health and nutrition unfortunately it's interesting because they've then seen some stuff on like you get these health documentaries that are on tv so a very intelligent friend of mine was talking about it's in this documentary and it was all about how bad meat was for you and everything like like that in this documentary and i was like well but it so it wasn't a scientific study it was a it was a documentary so it's essentially although it's a documentary it's it's meant to entertain it needs to get ratings it needs to it's not an objective point of view. And he was saying, oh, no, well, well, it is. And I was like, well, what you need is and people reference like these population studies where they say, well, in, and I'll, I'll make one up for, but say in, in Japan, people live one and a half times as long as people do in, in this part of the world, and they eat mainly fish. Okay, <laughs> so if we all eat fish, then clearly we'll all live forever. Mm. Um, but they, you know, also, they also all live in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Like, There's probably quite a lot of other factors involved. Japanese names, maybe if we change their name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, um, you used to get, the, 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 there's an Alpen advert on TV that, that, that very cleverly worded, because you've got to be careful with the same advert, said people that eat a whole grain breakfast tend to have a healthier heart. Well, yeah, they do, because people that eat muesli probably have a better lifestyle and go to yeah. the gym. People that eat cocoa pops, generally speaking, <laughs> nothing against cocoa pops. See, what we're trying to do is is afford Haribo cheesecake and Pringles the right to be able to say people who eat Pringles <laughs> are <laughs> tend to have tend to be hearts. tend to have five to ten percent body what fat on average. I wonder how many people you sabotaged and got fat off that. And <laughs> It's like you're sat there surrounded by Haribo cheesecake. This is working. Yeah. You know, people that read half of the article and they're like, yeah, I'll give that a go. The, the most common criticism is people who read the title and then say, that's not possible. It's like, what do you mean it's not possible? Like, well, I haven't read the article, but I think this is bullshit. And I think, like, okay, well, why don't you read the article and then... And then explain why. Like, oh, well, I've read the article now and, and actually it's quite reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we discussed. I think the documentary is what the health. Is that what you're referring yeah, to? That's one of the recent ones, isn't it? Yusuf yeah. hasn't watched it because I'm. I keep telling him not to. Because I I watch it. I'm like, oh, Yusuf would be really cross about this. <laughs> Every single person I think they interview, or not not everybody, but the majority of the doctors are like financially motivated by the argument. Like they have a book or a, or a product or a clinic promoting the concept. And they never seen, have you seen the documentary? I haven't actually yeah. watched it, no. I, I saw a few people sort of critiquing it online and I just thought I got nothing to gain from yeah. watching. I, so we, it was Chris actually that we were speaking about before, who's another podcast yeah. guest. He was like, guys, you need to watch this. I'm like, oh no, a case, well, especially I, you. I trust Chris. <laughs> like, I, I think he's, you know, I'm sure he's watched it. I'm sure it's a good documentary. Sit through it and you're just like, oh my God. They never, they, they never once introduced someone who, disagrees like he really just thinks that meat's fine and you know that, that actually veganism isn't isn't the best oh, it's one of the main points they're pushing in that is it that's the one where they're, it's they're basically pushing... it's it's, a, it's an argument for a plant-based diet essentially that's what they're promoting but they just don't they don't allow the other side to 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 give a discussion that, i can't remember what show it was when they were like and now for the sake of balanced discourse we go over to the head of the kkk um for his opinion and it's just <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I mean, it, 
it, there's nothing more agenda promoting than when it's not a discussion it's just someone's opinion supported it's, by loads of experts it's the first thing i always want to do if i've got a strong opinion on something so like and i literally learned this i think when i was 13 because i was probably i think you you may know my father's a, a priest he's a, a vicar um but until the age of like 13 i sort of went to church and everything like that and then when i got to about it was about 12 or 13 i one day just then learned the skill of actually i thought to myself well obviously i believe this my parents have told me all this stuff's true what would it be like there's obviously lots of, I was aware lots of people didn't believe it. And so I thought, what would it be like if I didn't believe this? And someone was telling me all this now. And I stepped outside it and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> weird cult. And my father's the leader in a robe at the front and he's chanting things. And we're all chanting things back to appease this guy that, and then you break the story down and you realize, you know, I don't want to offend any re religious people. It's probably a little bit late tonight. Because um, <laughs> my, my, my dad, like, literally, he said, oh, you know, we're going to church today. And, this is a, like, and I said, um, I don't actually want to go. And he said, why? And I said, well, I don't think it makes sense. And he said, which part of it? And I said, well, none of it, really. I said, <laughs> why? in order for the sins to people to be forgiven, God had to make his son into human form, send him down... So he'd be tortured and killed so my sins I haven't even committed yet could be forgiven. I mean, it's nice that he did that on my behalf, but he could have asked me first. I'd have told yeah. him, father. Um, it just it doesn't... Surely if God wanted to forgive our sins, he could have just said, it's okay. You, why did... And none of it... Anyway, I've gone off on a little bit of a anti-religion, but, but I mean, that, that ability to... So any opinion I hold, I will always try to think to myself, right... This is my opinion on this. To test this opinion, can I hold the other opinion? So I think Aristotle said the mark of an educated mind is to entertain an idea without accepting it. So you try and try to adopt the opposing point of view. Try and make the best case you can for the opposing point of view. And if you can't, genuinely, you genuinely try to adopt the other point of view and you can't, then you are assured that you probably do have the correct point of view. And sometimes you find out that's not the case. But some people aren't interested in doing that are they there's uh stephen fry's opinion on it's very similar on religion i don't know whether you've seen the video talking about is, any god he, that, that does this you know is a lunatic and you know yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a yeah. similar like again it's as you say it's it's like looking objectively at the like what am i actually involved in doing here could yeah. i think about what would someone what would an alien think if landing on earth and me explaining like this is why i'm putting 10 grams of of caffeine into my not 10 grams this is why i'm putting a you know 500 milligrams of caffeine into my post-workout shake an hour before bed because someone whose name is the last name is the same as a dairy-based product <laughs> the, uh, yeah car backloading um told, told me to you know I, apart from that like i don't i don't have any argument why you know, when you think of it like that like i'm being a bit of an idiot aren't i Preventing myself from sleeping so that I can modulate my insulin response. Car backloading to consume caffeine before bed. Not necessarily before bed, but that's right, isn't it? Post workout. It was to have it post workout to try and <clears throat> blunt the insulin response so that more glucose is taken up by GLUT4. Um, it was. I remember we because we interviewed John 
right when like when card backloading was coming out and i just remember us being we had such a long list of questions that i don't think he was ready for because it used to about like hormone sensitive lipase and something really acid synthase and actually you're saying that insulin does this but if it does this then why does this happen and uh i wasn't i like john kiefer to be honest me too me too (laughs) even if even if it's all right or wrong disgusting drinks years ago he's he's great at promoting a an idea which is like obviously it's why one of the reasons he's doing so well in the fitness industry um and car backloading is a good book but i think people criticize the relevance of the references and whether or not the studies that he's referencing do actually support the the, the information that he's promoting but sorry, it's difficult. if you if you're going to make a you need to be actually good at the actual if the actual if you're going to make a living doing what you guys do, you've either got to be really good at genuinely coaching people and helping them solve their problems and being like what a, an actual coach is. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. anyone can work out someone's macros for them, can't they? You can do that on a website kind of thing. Um, but being an actual coach, actually coaching someone through problems. If you can't do that, then you need to find some sort of wacky new angle that no one's thought of before. And because there really aren't any, you've kind of got to make something up and base it on some sort of flimsy science, haven't you? Yeah. Like, who'd have thought that someone could make so much money off telling people to put fucking butter in coffee? But yeah. that guy's cleaned up. And yeah. there's still people <laughs> that. You can't tell them that putting butter in coffee is not a good idea. They'll still crack on and do it. It's, yeah. Have you ever tried it? Yep. It's revolting. <laughs> Both uh, of us. Yeah, we did it for months, didn't we? Yeah, because oh. you know you, that's that sounds legitimate. Like he's he's he certainly when you listen to him, he certainly has a lot of science behind what he's saying. He sounds sure about what he's saying, so <laughs> so, so it must be right. <laughs> I did it quite a lot. Yeah, I know. The first time I got quite caught out by it because um, I had a very very strong coffee with coconut oil in it before I went for a long run, oh. and I. That the when you first do it, it has uh, quite an effect on the, the old ex- explosive st- consequences. The old trouser trumpet. <laughs> and when you're the old gluteal tuber. <laughs> Sorry. The old gluteal tuber. Yeah. yeah. Yusuf was doing. I don't know whether you saw when we were in Iceland. Yusuf was doing a lot of Instagram stories. Yeah, I did see a few of those with the most inventive, different ways of describing so, the part. So this is, you know, so he was thinking, how can I describe the smell of the of the geezer? And then he googled other ways of describing something the clown. Somebody oh, breaking off wind. The Sorry? Those weren't just off the cuff. No, 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 no. unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry to ruin the illusion, everybody. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I actually think that the, the religion... Analogy? Yes. <laughs> Analogy. See, Paul knows me better than you do. Um, <laughs> is, is good in the sense that I think that your people talk about atheism as being someone who understands all religions and has decided not to subscribe to any particular one. I think yeah. the mark, in my opinion, of a true coach, of someone who's really good at coaching, going back to that original point, is someone who has, who can say, you know, when someone goes, what do you think about Bulletproof Coffee? You're like, well, I understand what Dave's saying. I've tried it myself. Here's my opinion on it. The agnostic. Yeah, rather than, yeah. Rather than like, oh, well, I read an article that was criticizing it. or And it's the, I think that should be the same with every approach and something that, I guess we pride ourselves on, I suppose, is that we have accidentally, but that's not relevant, accidentally tried pretty much everything <laughs> and have, have sort of arrived at the, the approach that we have now as a result of that. And so that, that, that would probably be what I would look for. Yeah. Sorry? 
that's where your value comes from. The fact that you have done all that stuff so other people don't then have, don't have to. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would be, you know, looking for someone to follow or looking for people to follow. I would say, look at what they've tried themselves. Look at like what, what, the, what the experiences they have rather than just, because anybody can record a video and talk about macros and training and, and be like, that's great or that's bullshit if they yeah. haven't tried it. But <clears throat> if you've invested yourself in the process and actually drawn a conclusion from it, then you there's no agenda because you've actually been in there and you believed it at one point. Tried it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think that everybody who has a problem with, with Bulletproof Coffee should try, like give honestly a try Bulletproof Coffee for a month and see if you notice anything. Because imagine if you did notice something. Think how earth shattering that would be for you. You'd have like, to swallow you your really... pride, wouldn't you? And just be like, you know what, actually. Yeah, like actually. It was really good. Like I remember the first person I've ever heard use that argument was Rob Wolf for paleo. Just do 30, 30 days of paleo, what have you got to lose? And like when someone presents that kind of argument to you, you're like, well. Well, actually quite a lot, because from what I can remember, <laughs> if, you, if you don't eat, you should know better than me on this, but my understanding is you can actually give yourself a gluten intolerance if you cut gluten out of your diet for long enough. Because I remember, I mentioned another fitness name, Ben Kuma, used to um, always say um, <laughs> with his um, clients is get them to cut out he, he now doesn't know this point of view I don't think but I remember he used to say he used to get his clients to, to cut out gluten entirely for 30 days and then at the end of that 30 have days a big, the big, yeah. a big burger then they always have a stomachache and that then proves <laughs> it's really really bad well, well no proves that you've, you're no longer producing the enzymes that digest gluten and you've given yourself gluten intolerance. Yeah. Possibly. So I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with you and we, that actually happened to you, right? Oh God, yeah. In a big I've, way. Uh, like, yeah, it was, it, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you're totally right. I've never, I haven't heard it put like that and it makes a lot of sense. Like if you, okay, systematically sensitize yourself to something and then yeah. load yourself with it afterwards and see and how see, you feel. See if you're sensitive to it then. Yeah, mm. probably pretty shit, yeah. yeah. But actually, if you had a little sandwich every day then had the sandwich at the end of 30 days, you haven't got the stomach ache. So what have we really demonstrated? <laughs> <laughs> I always just thought with that as well, I literally thought, well, honestly, if this whole thing is true that we haven't yet evolved to digest gluten, well, eventually we will. And sandwiches are that fucking good. I'm prepared to stick it out for future generations. I'll do sandwiches. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm going to take so, one for the team. So future generations can enjoy a sandwich. Mm. I've never seen someone eat sandwiches as quickly as Johnny. It's a blessing. Oh, really? <laughs> he, he, so he, he eats sandwiches in feet quicker than he can walk? <laughs> like, he, he eats them at a rate of knots. Like, it's incredible. When, when we were in Iceland, it was... I mean, we should probably do a podcast just about Iceland. It was freezing cold. Like, I can't... I'm sure people will be like, yeah, yeah, well... The theme, you know, the, the best place is to go to catch winter sun, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we thought, you know, the weather's pretty crap here in the UK this time of year. Why don't we Take an go, go on pro mode, go on expert level, <laughs> and uh, go really, really cold? And um, we decided in the evening, because you check the temperature, and you're like, two degrees... It's two degrees all the time in the UK. I, I can handle that. Just wear a shirt, step outside, and within sort of three or four minutes, looking for a restaurant, we're like, I can't handle this. We need to go inside somewhere. Subway was where we were. Went into Subway to sample the, the Icelandic cuisine. And um, 
I think I ate a foot long subway before you suffered eaten six inches. <laughs> but, like before I'd even made a dent in six inches. Like. <laughs> but I think we're, we're at the opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't we? So it's, we should do a, a sandwich eating live stream one time. Have you guys ever taken on any, like, have you ever done any, any eating challenges or anything like that? Only once, really informally, someone challenged, there's something about the number of Jaffa cakes eaten in a minute or something. <laughs> I've tried that surprisingly hard because they're, they're dry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're not let any drink with that. Yeah, there's something like a slice of bread in a minute, minute as well. Things like that, but never like, can I Actually, eat an entire yeah. pizza in? Did you ever come to Bournemouth? There's a there's a steakhouse here called Funky Griller, and they do a 50 ounce steak challenge uh, with chips. And if you eat the whole thing, you get it free. One point four two kilos. Yeah, Yusuf just converted it. It's like yeah, it's like three three and a half pounds or something of of beef. It, I, I've I've done it, but I did it. In like, <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> my name's on the wall in there, but it's it, is it's, there a time limit? Yeah, forty minutes. Yeah. Forty minutes. Okay, I was going to say you could just like set up for breakfast and just nibble on it all day. Exactly, and it, but it, uh, my 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 strategy was you know they reckon it takes the is it the, the is it whatever neurochemical it is that tells you you're full. It takes 20 minutes for that to get to your from your stomach to your brain. So I thought, well, that's easy then. I'll just nail it inside 20 minutes and be like, peekaboo, I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to put, literally, it took me 20 minutes just to eat the steak. And then you've got this whole plate of chips and proper dipped in batter, deep fried onion rings. And every single chip was like a battle. So it's not but, just the steak, it's the full... Meals. The steak, the fries, the onion rings, and the salad. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine you could eat a sandwich quite fast, Paul. I I'd like to take you on on this sandwich. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should do a either Skype, uh, a, a Skype sandwich contest. <laughs> I think next time we dance off, we should. We, we should, should actually. Yeah. When I didn't you say you're coming down to Wiltshire or something sometime soon? Yes. For from the twenty first until the second of December, January, I'm going to be doing a ten day silent retreat. So. Uh, no sandwiches. No sandwiches. So for people that have been listening to the podcast, um, I interviewed my flatmate and someone did a guest post about doing the same 10-day retreat. So uh, I'm actually going to do it over Christmas and New Year. So while everyone's celebrating um, Mr. Turkey, I'll just be sat on a little cushion <laughs> in a lonely room. Yeah. And I might get this word wrong, but is that like Vipassana? Is that how you say it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so no communication or anything, just no eye reflect. contact. One meal a day, no talking, um, no like simple pleasures, um, and phone away, phone in a safe. Wow. How about you, Paul? But that sounds fantastic fun. <laughs> <laughs> like when I think I want to spend my Christmas. We down for the next one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do, I'll, do it. Okay. I'll do it after you, mate. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you get a run. Um, are you, do you guys ever listen to Sam Harris? Or are you... Sam Saris. Sam Saris. <laughs> are you fans of his? Or... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I listened to his book. Um, Waking I, Up. Book. Yeah, Waking Up. Yeah, because I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish at reading books now. I used to read a lot of books, but I think the whole social media and smartphone thing... I think I've now got like a form of low-level ADHD where I I struggle to actually just sit and read a book. But with an audio book, I can go and sit somewhere and. I agree. Well, the thing that's so upsetting is, like, if you count up the number of total words that 
the average person reads scrolling through news feeds and stuff, it probably amounts to thousands and thousands of words a day. Like shit. Of shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're just polluting your brain, and it's so annoying when you look. You think it, and you're like, oh, damn it. Like anyway, Paul. I think we are running over time. I want to let you get on with you with your day. But uh, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, For people who want to find out more about Paul, follow him on Instagram to start with. Uh, Anywhere else, Paul, that uh, you'd recommend? It's really just uh, so. I, I shut the website down a little while ago where I had all the protein recipes and stuff like that. That's a shame, but there is one coming up on Propane Fitness that is the ultimate guide to protes. So right, that's, right. Uh, that's a, a guest post from Paul. So uh, well, yeah. Recently, do you, you know the old videos where I used to, I don't even want to do but where I used to go, <laughs> in them at the end. They were the it best. Was how that all started. I did it randomly at the end of a couple of videos. Um, just I tasted some food and then went, <laughs> afterwards and then I'm getting people saying well why didn't you do your catchphrase at the end of your Instagram video oh, so it became this thing I started doing I now haven't done it for about two years and I still regularly get people post on my Instagram going when are you going to start doing the hoo-hoo video <laughs> Those people people love it. it's bizarre yeah really bizarre but I might I might do one for old time's sake soon so anyone that's Definitely been with me in the last few years will just think I'm mental <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, so um, we'll put the link to the Protes Super article. Like, out of all the sort of protein-style foods, I love it because it's just so simple and um, very macro-friendly. Also... That sounds like such a, an affiliate push. Such a Delia Smith Of all the protein recipes, I love this one. This is my favourite. <laughs> um, and the, the propane fitness pre-workout power muffins, oh, which they were, the they were good. They are also in the description in the show notes i still have a, i still have pros for breakfast like literally every single day just yeah. for the the amount of carbs to volume ratio i just don't think you can beat it so i always used to have granola for breakfast and then it was only when i started doing if it fits your macros and actually started weighing stuff and i actually weighed what i was having as a bowl of granola 100 and I was, grams of granola is like this much oh, and it's like 700 yeah, calories all of granola was 400 grams when you actually look at the calories in it you're like Fuck. i remember we have a, a good friend who actually used to be part of propane fitness but he has a real thing for granola so dan if you're listening we we understand your, your grief but he i remember once he it was again you, you start tracking calories and he would used to just like put away a box of granola yeah, and the right. look of sort of the slow realization oh, of him realizing like it's lethal. Like you put away a box that's fifteen hundred calories easily, and you're it's still hungry. Hyper palatable, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's like sweet, crunchy, oat-based bit of raisins. Oh, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, because you think, well, that's got to be healthy. Look at the oats and raisins, the almond slices yeah. in there. Fruit, whole like grains, <laughs> everything, fantastic. And it has, it's got honey in instead of sugar, so so that's natural. It's good sugar. Good sugar. Good, one of the good sugars, yeah. So. Fantastic. <laughs> all right, Paul, we'll put all those links in the in the show notes, but it has been fantastic having you on. Let's just do it again, even if it's not a podcast, but let's chat again. And when you're down in this part of the country, perhaps not when you're on a silent retreat, but when you are actually talking, we'll go for a sandwich. Let's, let's, go, do for, it, let's go for 1.4 kilos of steak. Oh, yes. Sounds good. Well, so you, you've got the choice of seeing me before normal Yusuf or post 10 days where I'll probably be a bit like... Um, <laughs> Uh, on the sort of second of January. So more fun to sort of play mind games with you before you go in or <laughs> come out the other side broken. 
yeah you, you might you might end up meeting a, a very broken man cool paul we will speak soon cheers boys take care cheers Hey, Johnny again, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shut, 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 shut.